Everyone, welcome to the Villa Together podcast, which is a post-match reaction, the aftermath of Burnley 3, Aston Villa 2. Uh, Join me tonight, I've got Jack Cudworth, as usual. Jack, how are you doing? Yeah, not bad yourself. Yeah, good, thanks. Well, I could be better, could be better. (laughs) Uh, Making his debut, we've got Mr. Aaron Clark, who's going to be joining us as a co-host in the, the future. Aaron, how are you doing? Very good, thank you, mate. How are you? Yeah, yeah, not bad. I mean, all good. I was great about 50 minutes ago or so, but uh, <laughs> certainly gone downhill. Um, so, yeah, Aston Villa, 3-2 uh, losers to Burnley, took the lead twice. Um, and we were just saying, just before we kind of came on air, Jack, it really was a game of two halves. Yeah. Uh, I, I have, honestly I have no idea what happened in that second half. Uh, it just seems like that sort of last season Villa creep back in, uh, creep back in, sorry. And yeah, just little things. I mean, it's weird because I can't even, uh, I can't even sort of blame uh, like individuals or like individual errors. It's just like that uh, McNeil goal, for example, just one of them goals that, you know, it just sort of finds its way in. And yeah, I, I just have no idea what, what happened there. Yeah, it's a tough one, I think. Um, you know, let's 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 try and let's try and start with positives, and then we'll as the game the game was started positive, and then went down. Let's start with the positives. Um, yeah. Talk us through the, the two goals that we scored, which I thought were, were pretty decent goals. Right. So, I mean, in fact, both quite well worked goals, uh, just sort of on the on the opposite side. So, uh, first goal. First goal, if I'm not mistaken, Grealish uh, target bit a little in, interplay on the left, uh, finds its way through to target, whips it in, uh, and a lovely little sort of striker's finish uh, outside of the into a far corner, and then kind of the same sort of principles, uh, but it's sort of Grealish and uh, Louise on the right. In fact, that that second goal actually reminded me of Rotherham uh, yeah. when he scored that goal, and we all went absolutely nuts. Uh, but yeah, just little one two. Uh, Grealish makes that little run into box, and yeah, gets picked out, and it's it looks like it's smooth sailing from there. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it, it seemed like uh, yeah. We, I think we, we played pretty good football first half, didn't we? And I think yeah. um, it seemed like once we scored that second goal, I just felt like it was it was only going one way. Um, Aaron, what what were your thoughts as soon as that second goal went in? What were you thinking then? I thought, I thought quite honestly that we could have gone a, gone away and scored another two or three. We were, we were on, we were on a high after that second goal. The boys are really rejuvenated by it, having been disappointed, I think, to concede the first goal from Burnley. Um, and I could only see going us up, really. I could only see one way. Um, and then, and then we just, we just fell into kind of relegation fighting, losing to the teams we should have beaten in the relegation battle next year mode. And and we just crumbled a little bit. And and very quickly, I find I find the team looking very different to how we've been experiencing them over the last three, four months. Well, pretty much most of this season, to be honest with you. Um, and it, yeah, just, I think Jack's bang on, you know, there's not, there wasn't really any specific individual errors that I can point out or, or, or pull a critique on, you know, there wasn't really that for me tonight. It was a collective uh, error, a collective kind of 
taking the foot off the gas, I guess. And um, and it's a shame because it's it's a game we should have won for sure. Um, and I, you know, I, I think I think we're all disappointed in the fan base, no doubt. But I think the boys will be particularly disappointed with with the outcome of tonight's result because it should have been a game that we should have won and, and should have been in the first half, three, four goals clear. You know, we talk about taking our chances and we talk about being a bit more clear cut. Um, we had ample opportunity to do that in the first half. Uh, you know, Grelish tonight was sublime. You know, despite the defeat, Grelish was sublime. He showed tonight his, his class. Um, and a few other players as well, you know, really pulled their pants down and, um, sorry, pulled the Burnley players' pants down um, <laughs> and, and had a good go at it. And, and I think that's really good to see. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was a shame. It was a damn shame. Uh, a game where I really felt that we were going to win and come away with a nice scoreline. And, and we haven't done. It's actually been the opposite. You know, we've conceded three goals at a team who we should should really be trouncing, you know, on, on the form that we're on. Yeah, I, I mean, when you, when you look at it kind of in isolation and you look at the stats, so we're just kind of just a bit of a look at the stats, ball possession, Burnley 38%, we had 62%. Total shots, Burnley 10, Aston Villa 18. Shots on target, Burnley 5, Aston Villa 10. Burnley 3, shots on target to our 5. Uh, they had two block shots, we had 3. We had four corners to their 2. Um, big chances is, is kind of, you know, you've just mentioned, Darren, about the chances we've had. Um, big chances, it's, it's got Burnley 1 big chance. We had four big chances, two big chances missed. Hit the woodwork once, one counter-attack, uh, 14 shots inside the box. Um, there is, there is, I suppose, when you're looking at, at kind of game changers and, and particular players, I suppose there is a, a, a kind of a big kind of thing to kind of point it at Nick Pope has really been the game changer in terms of that first half when we really were looking to turn the screw and we had a number of chances. He made some good saves in that first half. And in second half, you know, he still, a couple of saves he made, but the first half he made some big, big saves. Um, Jack, how how big of a performance do you think Nick Pope had and how, how big do you think that was in, in Burnley getting the win? Massive. I mean... You've just said, we've, I mean, in fact, both of you just said we had ample opportunities. I think literally everybody who watched that game would probably go away and say, right, Villa should have easily won, probably scored at least four goals. Uh, I mean, I think we had an XG close to three, starting uh, a high 2.8, 2.9, something like that. Uh, so we, we've created enough to win a game. But yeah, I mean, if we didn't have Martinez and kind of putting the Villa hat on, but I would probably say that Port would be the best keeper in the league, aside from Martinez. But yeah, he's he's easily England's number one for me. He's just he. In fact, uh, was it was it in our chat or was it? I might have seen it on Twitter. Somebody's just saying why is Port with Burnley? Like all due respect to Burnley, but yeah, he is unbelievably good, and I think everybody sort of knows that. Yeah, he's. Uh, I think in terms of shot stopping, he's he's up there, isn't he, with with the best yeah. in, in the league? Yeah, easily. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's probably not going to win awards for uh, being that sort of sweeper keeper uh, yeah. like we've like we've sort of got with Martinez. But yeah, as a shot pure shot stopper, he's. It, I mean, that's why Burnley sort of have a fighting chance in most games. I would probably say uh, because 
Can I swear on this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you can. Because <laughs> I fucking hate the way that they play. Oh, uh, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> apart from uh, yeah, I, I think it's it's probably there's a lot of frustration I think for Villa fans because of the there's a bit of a kind of a dislike towards Burnley. And I think there's a, a couple of things. I think the main one is probably you know Ben Me, um, you know Ben Me being a complete twat and him injuring Wesley last season. Um, Another one probably being the way that they play. Um, you know, fair play to them, they get results, but it, it's, it's utter shit, boring football. And the third one, I think, as well, is Sean Dyche can come across as a bit of a twat, um, which, which, which he tends to most most weeks, and he, and, he, and he has done this week, to be fair. Um, <laughs> so I just think that's one of them. But yeah, um, XG, uh, Burnley had an XG of 0.72. As was two point seven one. Um, some of the some of the better chances we had. Um, obviously the goal, um, first goal XG zero point six two. Watkins goal, and the second goal XG of zero point five two. The best chance was the Watkins one in the fortieth minute. So that was the one. Just he just couldn't get it under into his into his uh, into con- under control, and, and then Barkley hit the hit the the, ball, the bar straight after. Um, you know, we, we had some decent efforts in the box and, and it just all comes back to, to Nick Pope, in all fairness, making some big, big saves. Um, Aaron, right, let, let, let's kind of dissect these goals that the Burnley scored. Um, so obviously the first one, Ben Mee, comes in the 52nd minute. It's a header from a corner. And it, it seems like it's one of them that, that we've kind of, um, that, that we had experience of before where, the man scoring the goal just isn't picked up. And we seem to have this, which I know we're not the only team in the league that does it, but we seem to have this zonal marking on the edge of the six-yard box with the runners or the man markers being, in all fairness, some of the smaller players. And it just doesn't seem to be working. And uh, you know, and that, that was what seemed to happen for the first goal. Yeah, um, I think I think there's a there's a black and white with this. I think I think sometimes zonal marking does work, and I think we've seen that work very effectively for us in some games this season because it gives your players a little bit more freedom um, to mark whoever it is that, that the ball is coming towards. Uh, it also gives kind of other players uh, in, in the team to get involved in the box in the box workout and what's going on in there to give to give other players again a little bit more freedom. But tonight it didn't work at all because we. We haven't really, Par Mings, got the height in defence. Um, and Ben Mee is a big kid. Uh, James Chukowski, no, 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 Rowski, Nowski is also a big player as well. Uh, I can never get his surname right. Um, but, you know, he, 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 they're tall boys and they're strong boys. And I think that was quite clear tonight. You know, Ben Mee's header was a, was a good header, you know. Yeah. Um, Chris Wood's header was a good header for the third goal. It, you know, we, we were beating on that on that little few inches tonight. Um and I, and I won't ever point out Mings for for any anything because I think he's a he's a great player and he's he's been fantastic for us. But I think tonight there were moments again where perhaps Tyrone could have switched on a little bit more and been a bit less lazy and lacklustre. Um, I think Konza made a few little mistakes or judgmental errors tonight. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not blaming anyone really, mate. I'm I'm, I'm just trying to be collective in in what went wrong in defence for us. And, and and that first goal was just a. You know, we were beaten to the ball. Simple as that, really. Yeah, I think you, you, you've both said it, to me, to be honest. I don't think, you know, there's, there's been times where we've conceded goals in the past and you think, oh, what's he doing? But I think for these goals, it's, it is a kind of bit of a collective. Um, I don't, I think, you know, in particular second half, I don't think any of the back four particularly had a good game, um, certainly defensively anyway. Um, the second goal is a bit of a sickener for me. 
um, especially after you know Jack Grealish. Uh, ben Mee scores in the, the 51st minute, Grealish 67th minute with 2-1 up. And as we've said, you know, it, it looks like, you know, at the time we thought like we were going to go on and, and win the game. 75th minute, Dwight McNeil scores. And it just seems to come from nothing. Um, whether I think whether it's, I think at the time, uh, Trey Allray doesn't get back, whether that's that's the issue. And, and, and then Matty Cash can't uh, pressure and, and, and kind of close down Dwight McNeil. McNeil's gone for a bit of a cross and it's kind of gone in bottom corner and, and obviously Martinez. I, 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 yeah. I feel like, you know, Martinez, Conza and Mings seem a bit flat-footed when it comes in. Yeah, well, for me, for me that cross comes in, regardless, regardless of what's happened in, in allowing that cross to come in. A cross like that comes in regularly. Yeah. yeah. But what's happened is there's been no commitment and there's been no forward thinking in regards to who's claiming that ball and who's clearing it. And, and it's just finally found its way through a rabbit hole channel and and no one seems to get hold of it and and to be fair to martinez i don't think there's a lot he can do really he's fully expecting one of his one of his front you know back two to get hold of that ball at some point and clear it or do something with it and it doesn't happen and so i think he's fooled a bit by the kind of traveling of the ball um you know it's in the bottom right hand corner it's 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 spinning slightly i i don't know it's 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 a difficult one. I mean, I don't think for a minute that Dwight McNeil even meant to to do that. You know, I don't think that was his intention. It was just a very good cross, and it's found its way in the back of the net. And we've seen that happen over the years in the Premier League. You know, many clubs, many players have done that, and and it, and, it, and a ball's found its way in the back of the net. So um, for me, it's just we just lacked that second gear, third gear of commitment to the ball tonight. It was it was just at times a bit lazy and a bit informal, a bit relaxed. And, and we haven't seen a very uh, relaxed Villa defence for some time. You know, we've been quite on the money, spot on, solid, uh, communicating, etc. So I think that's probably what it is. Um, you know, we won't, we probably won't be talking about mistakes like this again. You know, for some time because I think tonight was just a blip, took their eye off the ball. I, I don't see it being a consistent thing. You know, we we have a dark corner of the fan base who are, who are quite happy and quite excited to criticise and slam everything that we do is wrong but we're not the only team that makes mistakes you know we're a very young side got a hell of a lot of talent in the squad and, and ultimately we're still we're still progressing forward we're not we're not where we want to be you know uh, we're still working very hard on that and, and and we're getting there and things like that tonight are going to happen and it's all part of the learning curve and Dean Smith will know that the coaching staff will know that the owners will know that and, and, and none more than the players will know that and they'll take a lot away from tonight because there were a lot of positives because that first half, we could have beaten anybody. You know, first half, we were fantastic, um, albeit we were, you know, not as clinical as we'd like to have been. But, you know, if we, if we, the first half, if we'd have played like that against Man City in the first half, um, we may, we may have scored a few against City. You know, we were that good, I thought, in the first half against Burnley and then second half, it just turned, up, turned around its head a little bit, um, which was a yeah. shame. Burnley came out firing. Yeah, I think you've mentioned it about the kind of you know going going through the gears and stuff like that. I don't know if it's it's one of them where first half we were we were so good, you know, and it seemed like it was just effortless for the guys. You know, little flicks, Barkley, Traore, Grealish, Target, Watkins, all linking up really nicely. And whether the the second half they just you know Burnley did what they they did and that they they shit out them their way into the into the game. And we just couldn't kind of cope. And the, the third goal, um, which was a bit of a sickener, um, it's um, again, it's a bit of a, it's one of them. I think again, you look at who's, 
you can't kind of blame someone. It's a ball played down the channel. Vidra comes out and who made a, who made a big impact tonight, Chris? Actually, Vidra was the was the difference between Vernley, you know, drawing that game, conceding again, or them winning. He yeah. came on and had a good fifteen solid minutes, and he, he changed the game for them. To be fair, yeah, I think he, he gave them a bit of a. It's totally different to you know the Wood Barnes, um, yeah. you know, kind of those two, and he kind of stretches a bit. And I think that goal. You know, maybe because we were expect, you know, second half after we'd gone two one up, we're expecting just to kind of defend, and then the ball comes through. He pulls our defence apart a bit there, and then then the ball comes in from McNeil. And to be fair, it's a great cross. Um, you know, Chris Wood is a good header. Um, yeah. You look at that and you think, you know, could Cash do better? Could Conza? Could Mings do better? Could Martinez do better? I think it was Target who actually was the man challenging him. Um, and again, it's kind of. It's one of them, isn't it? We've we, we mentioned with, with, with all the goals, not can't really point the finger at one person. It's just it's collectively for that for that goal as well as the other goals, we just collectively weren't quite at it, were we? Yeah, exactly right, exactly right. And I, and I, and I think and I think the conversation, in my opinion, you know, ends there really. And, and I think the criticism stops there. Collectively, we weren't good enough tonight. We made a few errors, whatever those errors were, why they happened, we don't know. But I do think that moving forward, they're not going to be a consistent thing because I think tonight was just a, just a blip and Burnley Burnley were good for their goals. You know, fair play to Burnley. Let's, I, you know, I'm not a big fan of the side, nor am I a fan of the manager, but, you know, they played well tonight in the second half and they, and they, they took it to us, to be fair. You know, they probably went in the, in the changing rooms after the first 45 and thought Villa have come here and they think they're going to dick on us. And actually at the moment they are. So we need to do something about it. And they, and they came out and did something about it. And, <laughs> that's football. We see we see that all the time. So um, it, it's a learning curve. I, I keep saying it, but it is a learning curve. We yeah. we we to get to where we want to be, to get to those levels that we want to be, challenging for that top six, top four, Europe, Europe. You know where the owners want us to be. We need to be beating teams like Burnley convincingly. But but at the moment we have games, and it was similar at Brighton. It was similar at West Ham. It was similar against Leeds. We we just have moments of crumble and and make errors that, that cost us big time. And that, and that was tonight exactly all over again. But um, I've got faith that we'll go on Saturday and, and we'll get a good three points against Southampton because I think the better the teams are that we play in regards to their ability and their technique and their talent and their kind of their flow and movement, the better Villa play. We saw that against City, you know. City are one of the best teams in the world playing particularly well at the minute. And we, and we showed them how to play football, you know, the other day. Um, and I think... Burnley coming off a 1-0 win at Liverpool were maybe on a bit of a high and thought, yeah, we, we can do this second half. Let's go out and do it. Let's prove that we, you know, that 1-0 win at Liverpool was worthwhile and, and they did it. So, um, you know, it is what it is really, mate. It's all about resting on your laurels, I find. I, I think uh, Stan Collymore put a, a good tweet out there. It's, it's kind of against those teams. I mean, you just reeled a few off. Like, uh, I mean, Southampton and West Ham are doing pretty good, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like including this game. I, I mean, you mentioned Brighton. Uh, I mean, even though that they're playing good football, they've not had the results. And we just no. keep, we just seem to uh, sort of switch off uh, and just think, yeah, we, either we're ahead or, or we're going to go ahead at some point. Uh, let's not worry. And it's not the kind of approach that you need. Uh, no. But yeah, just like you said. It's kind yeah, of... Yeah. It's disappointing, isn't it? Because you look at it and you think, oh, we, we've kind of last season we we couldn't get the. I think you look at the games against the the top six. You know, looking at the traditional top six, probably include Leicester with it as well. 
and we, we struggled to get anything against them. We got a point against United at Old Trafford and obviously we beat Arsenal at Villa Park um, towards the end of the season. Apart from that, we lost every other game against the, the top top six, top seven, if you, if you like, top eight, if you include Wolves. Though we struggled against them. And this season, you look, you know, we're beating Wolves, Leicester, Arsenal, you know, points against Chelsea, um, you know, did okay Liverpool. against, yeah, smashed Liverpool, did okay against, uh, you know, the Manchester clubs. So there is that step there. But then at the same time, there's that concern you know, we've we played Burnley twice this season and we've got one point against them. And we've had the best part of 40, you know, 40 plus chances, I think, if you if you look at the two games and you think, you know, we need to be a bit more clinical. Um, Jack, you, you've you've had a lot of a lot of praise um, for uh, the two fullbacks, Matty Cash, Matty Target, um, who, who are, in yeah. all fairness, they've, they've both had good seasons. What did you kind of think of their performances tonight? I mean, I've, I've said it before, uh, I can't really find like a specific fault with some people. I mean, you, you can easily turn around and say Matty Cash could cut out two of them crosses and, and then that's two goals that we've not conceded. Or, I mean, like certain passes. I mean, I wrote an article uh, earlier this week and I thought targeting... Uh, I, in fact, I thought both of them were, were pretty good uh, for, for the majority of the match, as, as a, let's just say as a collective. Obviously, there's a, a couple of mistakes potentially thrown in there. Uh, the only one, the one thing that I have a problem with is Marty Cash and not crossing the ball. I mean, it's, it's again, I mean, even though we've had plenty of chances, you just think that for me, I want him to put more balls in, considering he's got such a good ball on him and he can put that delivery on a sixpence uh, if, if he wants to then I just want to see him get that ball in. You never know. I know they've got two big, hefty guys in uh, me and Tarkovsky. But if you don't roll the fucking dice, then you're not going to find out. So you might as well just stick it in. Yeah, exactly. I think it's one of them, isn't it? It's, it's, it's even at a, you know, a young age, even you know people yeah. like, like us guys playing Sunday League and things like that, sometimes you'll get the ball and you'll just, you'll just lob it into the box because... You know, like you said, if you don't roll a dice, you haven't got a chance of getting anything of you. Um, and sometimes yeah. I agree with you. There's there's times and he's got it and he's got it in a good position. But I think I think it is that that uh, you know that they, they don't want to put it in the box because of those big guys getting rid of it, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean I'm probably one of the most. If anybody's ever seen me on Twitter, and everybody else listens to this that actually knows me on Twitter then you'll probably know that I'm like the most critical person of the team. As soon as there's something that I see that I, I don't like, I'll probably tell you and I'll probably mention it on Twitter. But it's, I'd really be nitpicking to sort of pull anybody pull anybody up and say, right, this is your fault, this is your fault. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure whether Target were meant to be marking Wood for that third goal or whether it's just kind of he slipped off and then he's ended up... Uh, getting a short straw but yeah. I mean it's, it's it's one of those I mean Chris Wood's like six foot three six foot four I mean he's probably always going to get that ahead of target so yeah yeah I mean I'd really be picking at something if I were going to pull anyone up and say right this is your specific fault the, you're the reason why we've sort of conceded here but yeah it's not I've not got any real problems and it's and if even if I did I've seen more than enough from them, those two this season, to say that they're going to pick it up and that 
we're going to have much better games. It's just, I mean, as you said, Aaron, I think it's just a blip. Uh, and I can't see uh, that sort of we're going to concede three goals many times this season based on what we've already experienced so far. It just seems, yeah, I just think we sort of rest on as laurels, as I have mentioned. Yeah. And we seem to get complacent. But apart from that, yeah. I think but complacency will happen. You know, we're yeah. still, like I said, we're still a young team. Yeah. And we're still very much developing and, and you know, go 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 to grassroots football, whether you both have done it or not. But I've I've coached juniors, under elevens, under twelves. They win two or three games and play well. They think they're indestructible. They think they're invincible because they're on a high. And then they go and play the team that everybody says they should beat and lose four nil. Like you know, it happens. Teams get complacent. Um, teams get excited about the way they're playing and and take their eye off the ball. And and, and that happens. And and I think tonight yeah. was just a prime example of that. And. Uh, like us like like we've all said, you know, I don't envisage it being a regular thing. I think I think tonight will be an exception, and I think we'll go to Southampton or was it Villa Park or is it at St Mary's? St Mary's. St Mary's. So yeah. and you know we play well away. We play really well away. You know, take the take the shackles off. We play really well away. So um, I think I think we'll go there and, and get a result. So you know, just let's move on I think is the answer <laughs> so look, looking forward we'll kind of come on to our, our next couple of games in a moment obviously something that um, obviously we all know Morgan Sanson signed for us um, I think looking at tonight you know you, you, I think you could have had a strong argument for him coming off the bench to, to possibly try and change things up I thought centre midfield yeah. you know you're looking at Ross Barkley had a good game but, but, but tired which I think yeah. is it's understandable. The blokes, the bloke missed seven games, and you know, hard had hardly trained to be honest. Um, before coming back, comes back against Man City, um, and obviously that's a tough game for him. And then obviously we had the Newcastle game where he looks a bit off the pace. Looks better tonight, but I think faded. Uh, John McGinn, Douglas Louise, again, they both had their moments, but I think struggled. So to have that quality to come off the bench, I think that that's. You look at that, you look at tonight as a perfect example of, yeah, that's why we need that quality to come off the bench. Nakamba's a good player, but not, not when you're chasing a game, you're not going to bring Nakamba off the bench. So Sanson makes sense. The other one that I know you've mentioned a few times, Aaron, is centre-forward, about strengthening centre-forward. And Ollie Watkins is like no other in the league. Probably the, the kind of other striker you'd, you'd compare him to is probably Jimenez in terms of he's good in the air, you know, the pressures he puts on, the endless running, um, you know, obviously scores goals, but then you think when you need to take the pressure off him a bit, or give him a bit of a break, or give him some support. Keenan Davis, I don't think's the man. So, do you think kind of if we were to go in the market, which probably seems unlikely, you think centre forward is the position we need to look at? Absolute priority, absolute priority. I think, I think to be brutally honest, Sanson wasn't expected to be January. Sanson for me was a summer target, uh, but something's happened. His fee, his fee has become more manageable. It's become more feasible. Um, Marseille want to shift in because of financial difficulties. Whatever's happened, I think that's been pushed forward because I absolutely wasn't expecting a midfield player to come in at all in January. For me, it had to be an up forward player, um, someone to assist Ollie Watkins, someone to play with Ollie Watkins, someone to allow Ollie Watkins to become a bit more free. And have a real out and out centre forward with a bit of height and a bit of bit of um, bit of what am I looking for? Bit of stature about him, you know. Um, 
And I think we definitely need that. Uh, however that arrives, I'm not so sure. We ain't got a lot long time left now, have we? So four or five days, Monday is the is the deadline. Yeah. Um, but we, we need have someone in, in my one? opinion. Hey? Have you not heard? We've got Wesley, mate. Well... <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll come on to I'll come on to Wesley. Wesley for me is is is, is no good to us this year. No, you're absolutely right, mate. Poor bloke, you know, he's been out for 13 months, 14 months, you know. It there's no chance that Wesley's changing the season for us up top. We we need someone to come in who who's ready and been playing and scoring goals um presently, right now. Yeah. Um whether that's from from the leagues uh in the UK or whether it's from abroad, I, I don't really mind. But um you know, we, we definitely need that player in, mate. Uh, Sanson's a great addition, but I wasn't expecting him. It's happened, which is great because I think it gives uh, a little bit more flexibility in the middle there, particularly with Barkley. Uh, his injury history does worry me. I think that's why the club at this present time are a little bit reluctant to fork out the money for him right now. They keep continually want to be assessing him just to make sure that that injury isn't going to cost him a lot of money going forward. But he's a talented player, you know. Barkley can change a game, but... Um, is he any good to a club changing a game once in one in eight because he's out for seven games injured? Um, for me, that's that's a worry. So I think Sanson really covers that area for them just at the moment and, and moving forward. He's a quality addition. He's not replacing anybody. You know, I'm sick of seeing this on Twitter. Fans need to change their mindset big yeah. time. You know, who's he, who's he, coming, in who's he coming in for? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what they keep asking. Yeah. But it, but it's it's, yeah. it's not like we said. It's that it's having that the options and it's it's being able to bring some off the bench to change it up. And like you've mentioned with Absolutely. Ross Barkley. Ross Barkley's injury issues, you know, he covers that. If someone gets suspended like McGinn did against Newcastle and Douglas Louise did against Burnley the la- when we played them at home, then yeah. sort Sanson can cover that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's why he offers us a great option now. You know, it's great to have him. He seems like the right sort of character. Um and I think I think you'll fit in nicely, you know. I think I think we've been quite unlucky with our French recruits over the years, you know. We talk about Vera too, we talk about uh who else have we had in the middle? Uh, Jordan Ayew, you know, players who have, since they've left Villa, gone on to become quite solid, consistent players, but never quite cut it at Villa. So I hope Sanson is the is the change of times and, and he can come in and make a real impact. And I'm sure he will. Um, so, yeah, delighted to get him in. Delighted. Um, yeah, I think, bang on. We, we said it, didn't we, Jack? We've said it the last couple of weeks about Wesley. Okay, he's coming back. He's, he's, he's training, but the bloke's got... You know, he's had a serious injury, no match fitness, um, you know, and, and whatever else that, that comes with the injury, the, the, you know, the time off and everything else, getting up to speed with, with just having the physical um, impact on his body playing football. There's all that to take into consideration. And as well, I think you can't, if you have Wesley on the bench, so say you take Davis out of the equation, you put Wesley on the bench, and I know we said it, I think two weeks running now, Jack, then Watkins gets injured after five minutes, which I think is unlikely to happen. I think Watkins, I know any injury can happen to players, but Watkins seems like, you know, played for 90, 90 minutes, 49 times last season for Brentford. Seems like a fit bloke, but obviously anything can happen. Watkins goes off five minutes played. You bring on Wesley, you know, to play 85 minutes. That's just going to, you know, kill him. It's going to be pointless. Yeah. I mean, I think the last time we spoke, I mean, Joe, what would you have been on? He... I mean, he went into some detail about how probably how it'll affect him in terms of, I mean, physically and mentally, uh, what that kind of injury does for a player and sort of how long that road is back. So I think sort of anybody who's assuming that he's going to be back anytime soon is kind of pissing in the wind, to be fair. 
Uh, I mean, yeah, I think you're both right in, in the fact that we do need somebody in uh, because, I mean, I've been somebody who's sort of stuck by uh, Keenan and Davis uh, and there's a few others, there's a few guys on Twitter that would probably still stick up for him. Uh, but yeah, I think he's he kind of came on and proved that he's just not going to be that guy, unfortunately. I, I like I like him. I really yeah. do. And I think he's got some bloody good traits on him. But he's just not going to be that guy that if Watkins is uh, injured or even if he just needs a bit of a rest, he's not going to come in and win you a game, unfortunately. And it pains me to say it. Uh, but yeah, hopefully there's, there's something that we can do that's not going to cost a lot. Uh, hopefully it's not like a Samata, uh, no disrespect to Samata. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm not quite sure whether need, we need that target man or whether it's just somebody who's sort of kind of in the mould of Watkins who's got that running, who's got that sort of, uh, he can hold the ball up, he can contribute in sort of more ways than one uh, in that versatility that he's got. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I just think we need somebody who's gonna come in and you can sort of rely on to nick a goal. Uh, I mean, if it's a real game, it's better than nothing. Yeah, yeah. and we'll end up with nothing if, if it ends up going. Yeah. Getting out, it so. wouldn't surprise me if it was someone from the lower leagues to come in, someone that they've got their eye, yeah. a youngster that's playing particularly well at League One, Championship level at the moment, who who has an eye for goal, has the right characteristics, which is a huge thing that so many fans seem to forget about. You know, too much time on Football Manager 2000, you know, buying players and, and for, for silly money and, and making them, you know, we've got to get off that. We've got to get off that boat because that isn't how football works. Um, you know, it's like with Wesley, isn't it? You know, the fans that spend their, their, their lives on Football Manager, Wesley will be back in January, fit as a fiddle, ready to go, 20 goal a season. Like, you know, it's not, it's not like that. That isn't how it works. So for me, we need someone... Uh, Dean is a keen, keen man on giving players a chance. You know, half the squad tonight are players that he's given a chance to and, and they've thrived. Um, so I think I mean, someone like that. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I mean, personally, I, I mean, pretty much the majority of people have, have said his name and, and, and you said his name, Chris, uh, and a few of us have on other pods. I mean, what is, uh, what, what is King doing at Bournemouth? They just don't seem to want him. I think there's been talk of him going, I can't remember, West Ham or West Brom, uh, sort of looking at a loan deal or something. With, but... with Burnley as well. I think he was linked with Burnley recently. It, it, yeah. It won't be us. <laughs> he's, I mean, I'm not going to say that he's going to come in and bang 10 goals in or, or, or whatever, but he's a guy that's played Premier League football before. He's If he'd started, he'd probably be let's just say, in the upper echelons of championship strikers. Yeah. So why not? I mean, even if it's a loan for six months with an option to buy, I mean... Well, he's free, isn't he, at the end of the year? So it would be well, a boss. Well, yeah. yeah. For his yeah, loan exactly. with a bossman at the end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I think... Um, yeah, yeah. I, th I think that that's certainly... It's, it's an area we, sh we should be looking at. I know we've got the options. It, it's, it's one of them, I think, it's got to the point where, okay, it's not, it's not a case of... We need the options for if we have an injury in terms of just to be able to fill the void. I think it's sometimes it's, it's just maybe a bit, something a bit different. Maybe someone to play with Watkins. Yeah. I'm not sure. It's just to give us a different dimension, I think, sometimes. If the going gets tough, 
you know, you bring them on. I think a lot of teams have that. I, I suppose you know, you look at Burnley. To, look at Burnley tonight. They're bought on Vidra, and he's 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 changed the game effectively. You know, he's he's changed their dimension in terms of. I, I thought, in all fairness, but particularly first half, Mings and Cons had dealt with, you know, Wood and Rodriguez quite well, and then you know they went quite direct. Vidra came on, and he's making those 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 little runs, and it just it just kind of broke things up a bit and it changed it. And I think something like that, you know, that we would need. Um, right, let's move on then. So we've, we've got we've got Southampton on Saturday evening. Um, just um, start with you, Aaron. Just give us a, a prediction for that game. And then we've got West Ham the following Wednesday. That's at home. Uh, give us a prediction for that game as well. Uh, Southampton are on good form. Um, part tonight, we're on particularly good form. Even the even the defeat of Man City, we were on very good form that night. Um, so I'd like to see a two-one victory this this weekend, maybe. Uh, possibly Southampton getting a draw out of the game, but I'll go for a positive two-one. Um, again, West Ham playing very well at the moment. Um, I think I think their luck will run out. Something tells me uh, this won't last forever. I think they're on a bit of a ride roller coaster, and I think that will stop at, at some point. Um, typically West in typical West Ham fashion. Um, so for me, I think the West Ham game is winnable as well. But um, I, I don't, I don't, I, I prefer the way we play away than we do at home. Um, so with that being a home game, uh, a one nil, quite a quite a quite an end to end one nil two one kind of kind of game. Um, but I think they're both winnable, Chris. And that's I think that's regardless of how many goals we score and how how much we win by. I think they're both winnable games because. They're teams that we can beat and, and, and the boys will know they can beat if they play to the standards that they know they can play at. Um, so and, 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 and we're introducing a quality, you know, French player into the mix as well for those games. So uh, let's, let's see what he can do and see how he changes the dynamic of how we play. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I think they're both winnable games. Uh, Jack, give us your thoughts and a prediction for, the, um, for those two then, Southampton on Saturday. Uh, St Mary's and then West Ham on the following Wednesday at Villa Park. Yeah, I, I, we're going to go to one uh, against Southampton as well. Uh, I think it's sort of a, uh, a fair result. I, I mean, I, I could probably see a draw happening as well. But I mean, if you look at, back at the last game, as long as we don't let Ward Prowse have a free kick from anything within 30 yards, I think we'll be good, to be honest. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, if you look at the way that we came back into that game and, and you sort of discount uh, and take out. Ings' goal, which is saying that, very very good goal. And we don't mark the way that we have been doing. I think it's more than winnable. So, yeah, I'll go for 2-1 uh, on the West Ham one. Uh, for some reason, I never get a good feeling about West Ham. I don't know why. I just never have a good feeling about them. Uh, but I'll probably go 2-0 uh, Villa. Uh, I, I think we've got more than enough uh, to beat them. We, we showed that last time, just kind of. Again, probably lapses in concentration, that that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think they're both winnable. And and yeah, I mean, we've got Sanson, so we've got an extra option there uh, in, in a bit of rotation. So yeah. we we got Sanson, so it's like a cheat code, it's automatic. Win. <laughs> got him yeah. in. We got Wesley as well coming back, so you know, twenty goals will be fit. It's, it's all good. Um, I'm going to go three-one to Villa against Southampton. Ooh. I think um, we, we 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 you know. Aaron touched on it. I think we'll have a, you know, Dean Smith and the, and, and the guys are going to give him a bollocking. 
Um, then then they're going to, it's not going to be a case of we'll give them a bollocking and that's it. They'll give them a bollocking. Then on the training ground the next few days, they're going to work on everything. They're going to work on, you know, there's got a pragmatic approach, going to work on everything that they can to make sure that we don't be giving, you know, James Ward-Prowse free kicks on the edge of the box again. Um, and then the West Ham game, I think we might sneak a 1-0. Um, I don't, I never feel great. I don't know what it is about West Ham, whether it's, you know, Claret and Blue or something. Um, I never feel great about them, but being at home, I just, uh, you know, I think, I think we'll, we'll get, we'll sneak a one nil. But I mean, if we could get, we could get something, you know, get if we do win those next two games in the next week, then that would put us in a really, really strong position. And I think, I think tonight was, as I mentioned, you know, it was a real, real um, eye opener in terms of, you know, getting that extra quality off the bench. And I think the two positions, one of them being centre midfield, and, and that we've covered that, and the other one being striker where. You know, he's brought on Trezor Gay, he's brought on El Ghazi, and it was a game that didn't really suit them. It's a game that suited, I think, another striker to come on and, and help Ollie, in all fairness, and, and Keen and Davis. I'm like you, Jack. I like the bloke. I love him. He's got some good attributes, but there's just something missing. And I think the main thing missing is, you know, his inability to score goals, in all fairness. Um, so, yeah, so we will see. But um, a massive thanks, as usual, to Jack Goodworth. Thank you very much. And making his debut, a massive thank you to Mr. Aaron Clark. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. Yes. Um, so thanks everyone for listening and watching. Obviously, we're on YouTube. Um, search Villa Together in YouTube. Hit that subscribe button and hit the notification bell so you get a notification every time there is a video uploaded. Um, also get following us we're at Villa Together on Twitter and Instagram you can see recent videos on there of me getting interrupted live on Sky Sports News when I was talking about Morgan <laughs> Sanson um, do you know what I, I was I was expecting somebody to interrupt me um, you know right at the start when I was on here but you know you, you guys are, are kind and not rude uh, unlike Sky Sports News so there we go I forgot or I, or I would have <laughs> we should, should have done it I should have done my intro and it's like hang on yeah. Chelsea breaking news Chelsea have drawn <laughs> Chelsea drew nil-nil Lamp, Lampard's been sacked um, and yeah so we will be back um, Saturday night um, hopefully the other guys Joe and Ian will join us they're otherwise unavailable tonight and then Aaron can make his debut on spinning the Martin O'Neill wheel but a massive thank you to everyone and we look forward to seeing you speaking to you next week where we can all talk villa together thank you very much where am i